Good morning, Center Way Church. I'm Priscilla. And I'm Joe. And we're so happy to be gathering online this morning. At Centerway, we often say, we get to do this. And even though we miss in-person gatherings, we really are grateful for the opportunity to be together and grow together in this season. We also want to take a moment to say hello to everyone on our Sunday morning live platform, including those gathering and watch parties. And a hello to those watching or listening to this at a later date. We're so glad you're choosing to be with us today. A special welcome to those of you joining us for the very first time. Just about every week, we have guests from all over the world joining us. And if you're one of them, you're about to hear some info we talk through each week so that you and everyone else know a little about what to expect and how to engage. First, if you or someone you know needs assistance or prayer, we'd love to help any way we can. Also, if you have any ideas on ways to serve each other in this unique season, please email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com. We'd love for you to check out our website to find resources for every age. A few to note are the Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotionals, which you can sign up for on the Next Steps page, wallpapers to remind you of the weekly application question, and a message just for kids. Our Centerway kids hear a kid-friendly message from the same scriptures that you're about to hear. If you have kids in your home, you can talk about the application question and grow together. Also on our website, you can share your info. If you're new or need to update us, you can give, take next steps, find previous messages, share messages, or request prayer. If you're watching live, you can actually use the tabs on the live platform to do those things. One last note. On Friday, we sent out an email about some upcoming midweek in-person gatherings, as well as a heads up about our two-year anniversary celebration. If you did not receive that email, but would like to be on our mailing list, please let us know by emailing us at connect at centerwaychurch.com, or you can click share your info on the Next Steps page of the website, and we'll get you that info. Additionally, if a child in your home is entering seventh grade, you'll receive an email today welcoming them to Centerway students and sharing some upcoming info. If you don't receive that or aren't on the mailing list, same process for you. Email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com or share your info on the Next Steps page of the website. Now here's what to expect today. Deidre will be reading the scripture text for us, Claude will be communicating from the Bible, and then you'll hear some ways to respond in worship. Immediately after the message, you can join us live on Instagram or Facebook as a way to respond through song. Here's Deidre with the text for today. Good morning, Center Way. My name is Deidre. I'm part of the lead team, and I'll be reading the scripture for you this morning. We're in 2 John 1 through 6. The elders, the elect lady, and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. Good morning, my name is Claude, and my wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors here at Centerway Church. Super excited you have the opportunity to join us this morning, uh, either live or afterward. We are beginning a new series this morning called Truth Be Told. 
and uh, we just wrapped up a series for the love that was a journey through first john and now truth be told is a series that is going to move through second john as well as third john and uh this morning the message is entitled act so truth be told act and uh, you just heard verses one through six of second john that's what we're going to be unpacking as we head into the message this morning um i did a lot of reflecting into my childhood actually as i thought about what i could share and um there's one moment in particular that was rather dramatic for me i guess you could say uh i kind of liked this girl. I was in elementary school. And uh, at the time, if you liked a girl, you would kind of ask if she would sit with you at lunch. And so that was kind of what I was getting nerved up to do. And uh, it's funny, like, I don't know, you think now about the, the things that used to like really work you up or stress you out in simpler seasons of your life. And it's amazing how things get more and more complex as we get older. But um, I just remember being so nervous. And uh, she was a friend. We talked. We joked all the time. And so I remember walking up to her and, uh, and her going, why do you look weird? <laughs> You're like, what do you mean? She's like, you're acting weird. I'm like, no, I'm not. And obviously I was because I was trying to get up the nerve to ask if she wanted to like sit with me at lunch. And uh, so I'm like, well, uh, I, I actually just I was actually wondering if maybe I, if you wanted to uh, sit with me at lunch. And she's like, oh, uh, uh, well, um, and then she started acting weird. And, uh, and so she looked at me and she said, well, I, I, I mean, I want to, but I, I can't, I can't, not today. I, I can't today. And so I was like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. That's fine. And, uh, and so it was kind of this weird moment where I was kind of thinking like, you know, she wants to, but she can't for some important reason, like probably something recess related or <laughs> whatever cabbage patch kid related. Cause that was that season. And, um, if you don't know what a cabbage patch doll is, you know, then you're young. So Congratulations on that. Ask your parents or your grandparents, who knows. In either case, um, I, uh, I kind of was telling myself this story in my head that she really wanted to sit with me, but that she just couldn't. And, uh, and so I asked her again the next day and the next day and the next. And finally, uh, she looks at me and she says, uh, Claude, do you want the truth? Now, in hindsight, Looking back, I would probably tell young, innocent, kind, optimistic Claude, no, you don't want the truth. <laughs> but um, it's an interesting question, isn't it? When people say, do you want the truth? <laughs> like, no, I want you to lie to me. What would be really good right now is for you to just lie to me. And in that moment, if I could reflect back, maybe I did want her to lie to me or something because she said, do you want the truth? I said, yes. And she said, I don't like you. And I was like, wow, the truth hurts. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, no, I mean, like, I like you, but like, I don't like, like you. Um, I don't know. Like I like other boys and not you. And sometimes you're a little weird and you know, sometimes you make me feel uncomfortable and I don't. And so she just starts going through this laundry list and I'm thinking, wow, the truth is like really long and super hurtful and you're mean is all the things I'm thinking in my head. And so she kind of stops and uh, I'm kind of sitting there awkwardly looking at her and, and I was like, well, I, I won't ask you to, to sit 
at me with lunch anymore. And she's like, okay, that's probably best. And she walked away and I was forever scarred in the sense that the next time somebody said, do you want the truth? I was kind of like, uh, a little gun shy because as much as that's a funny story and I don't say her name because we actually became friends later on in junior high and actually joked about this whole interaction into high school. But in either case, um, the reason I share the story is because when we hear that phrase, do you want the truth? Something in us happens like, oh, great. Here we go. Because nobody ever says you want the truth and then tells you something good. Like the truth is always associated with like something harsh or hurtful or negative. And so we are a little bit gun shy, like want the truth? No, please, by all means, lie to me. (laughs) And yet at the same time, we long to hear the truth. Like we don't want some false reality. And so here's the question I want to ask you this morning. Why is it so hard to balance truth and love? Why is it so hard to balance truth and love? The answer to the question really lies in how we're kind of personally wired. You see, as humans, we have a natural preference towards one or the other. People with a leaning towards truth attempt to to rationalize or justify their lack of sensitivity towards others by proclaiming, hey, I'm simply telling you the truth, right? Have you ever heard that or have you ever said that? Like, hey, listen, I realize you're crying. I realize this is devastating, but hey, it's the truth. So deal with it, right? And the fact is we might even say, I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to tell you the truth, right? Which is just like a way to justify the fact that the the person is being hurt. It's kind of like the way a parent looks at a child and says, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. Like that's not true, right? It never does. This statement, the idea of I love you enough to tell you the truth is often confusing to the person on the receiving end of that statement because it feels like the truth is entirely void of love. So how in the world do you love me enough to tell me this the way you just told me? You see, when things aren't said in love, they're difficult to be accepted as truth. Isn't that interesting? Like, we can, we can actually hear the truth, but if it's not said in love, it's difficult for us to accept it. Like, we put up... A, a wall almost like we don't want to hear that. We don't even consider it as a possibility of truth because it feels way too much like an attack. Sometimes it isn't what you say, it's how you say it. I'm laughing while I'm saying that because we've heard that said, you know, and, and before, you know, if you're married, you know, some spouses right now, I can like hear them nudging you like, come on, right? It's not what you say, it's how you say it. The fact is, we're all guilty of that. We're all guilty of how it is that we say things. Because on the other side of this spectrum are those with a leaning toward love. A leaning toward love. And and these people justify their silence in matters of truth as the most loving thing they can do. They tell themselves, I love this person too much to, to risk damaging the relationship by saying the truth right now. You see, to the degree that the truth teller has a compulsion to proclaim truth unapologetically, 
the loving person will wear their silence as a badge of honor. Two sides of the same misguided coin. Now I realize I'm communicating the extremes of these things, but don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm not saying that, that loving people are void of all truth or that truth-telling people don't love others. And I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we have a preference. So even though we're not void of the other, we have a preference we lean towards and we communicate more often according to this idea of truth or to this idea of love. As humans, you land somewhere on that spectrum. If you're married and you're not convinced, just ask your spouse. <laughs> just, I'll give you a second, ask your spouse. And they're probably looking at you right now like, listen, you definitely just shut down and, and in the name of love or whatever, do not speak truth. If you are really quick to speak right now, you're probably the person that proclaims the truth without apology. <laughs> I'm sure there's a ton of laughing and nudging or annoyance right now going on in, uh, in different homes or wherever you might be watching or listening to this. If you're a single person, ask a sibling, ask a parent. They'll be really honest with you. Ask a coworker, ask a friend, a classmate, you name it. Somebody will help you realize which side of the spectrum you fall on. In fact, maybe the extremes that I provided resonated so well that they aren't extreme at all. Like maybe you are just an unapologetic truth teller that just says the truth all the time. And you're like a wrecking ball of truth that people oftentimes maybe don't listen to because it's so hurtful. It's hard for them to hear it. Or maybe you're a person that just shuts down completely. And as you're listening to this, you're like, man, I really wish I could speak the truth, but it's just, it's too risky. I don't want to damage the relationship. I don't want the complications of the relational fallout. Because here's the deal. We lean towards one or the other naturally. It's more obvious than maybe we think it is. So, why is it so hard to balance truth and love? I want to submit to you that it's hard because we fall victim to the idea that it's either or. That it's either or. But that's a sucker's choice. The gospel says it's both and. And that's precisely what John is communicating in the second letter. Verses 1 through 2 say this. It says, The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth. Whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Now, when we hear this, uh, the elder, this is John, the author, um, to the elect lady and her children. There's a lot of discussion about who exactly the elect lady and her children are. Is it a specific person in the context of a church or not? And um, most people settle that it's actually a specific local church and its members. So the elect lady is in reference to a specific local church and and this uh, and her children are its members. Now, 1 John, uh, if you were with us for the journey through For the Love, um, you remember maybe that it was a letter written as an open letter to several churches, a community of churches. 2 John is a letter written based on this right here to a specific church and its members. So John is revealing that part of being a Christ follower to this church and to us today, part of being a Christ follower is loving truth, actually loving truth. 
Pascal was a, a Christian philosopher and a rather brilliant mathematician. He said this, truth is so obscure in these times and falsehood so established that unless we love the truth, we cannot know it. Isn't that interesting? Let me read it one more time because I think it's more profound and it's really relevant to even today. I think it's a timeless quote from a rather brilliant person. Truth is so obscure in these times and falsehood so established that unless we love the truth, we cannot know it. You see, our humanity, our fallen condition separates what God intended to coexist Our fallen condition takes love and truth and acts as if they can't coexist, and yet God intended them to coexist. The sinner decides things based upon either what they think or what they feel. But the gospel engages the heart and the mind, both and. Get this, love and truth are revealed together in Jesus. Jesus was both truth and love. He had compassion on those that he communicated the truth to. He didn't apologize for the truth, and yet he communicated it in a way that was able to be heard, that was able to be processed. You see, the gospel in and of itself is offensive. And so if we offend others, then we basically shut down their ability to hear the truth. And so how do we navigate this? It's, it's not either or. One commentator said this, truth should grab a hold of the head, the heart, and the hands. So it's not enough that we even balance truth in love because that balance, in fact, compels us to action. Truth be told, act. Truth be told, Act. John defines love in verse 6. Verse 6 says this, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. Get this. Love takes truth-based action. Love takes truth-based action. A person can know the gospel truth, but if they don't act in love, their mind is simply engaged. It's only part of the equation. And on the other side, you can love others, but if it's not rooted in the truth of the gospel, that love is conditional at best, right? Something deeper is happening in this verse. It says, love, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. Commandments, so it's plural, right? But then the plural becomes singular. So this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. Becomes singular. That just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. This is the commandment. Walk in it. Walk in what? (laughs) Some conclude it is love. That, that John is saying, listen, you know that you're supposed to love others and so walk in love. Others will say quickly that they believe that it's truth. That No, that's not what John is saying. John is saying that you need to, to walk in truth, that we know the truth and now we need to walk in it. But verse 6 
in the Greek is an example of semantic density. Now, what that means is the author expects the reader to realize that it is actually more dense than a singular way, a singular communication or a sole thing. According to the original Greek, what's happening here and, and what's being kind of stacked up is truth, commandment, and love. That it's holistic, that it's all of the above. It's all three. So let's put it together. To walk in it means we are commanded to walk in the gospel truth and others-focused love. The word for love there is actually a sacrificial love that was used first in communication about the sacrifice that Jesus extended with the death of himself, a sacrificial love, one that God himself defined, agape. And so that's what the word is used here is that literally we need to walk in it, that we are commanded to walk in gospel truth and others focus sacrificial love. Truth be told, the two cannot be separated. You can't separate truth and love. And so action is required. If the truth has taken root in our hearts and minds, if, if we truly believe the gospel, if it's transformed our hearts and minds, I'm not talking about simple church attendance. I don't mean checking a box. I don't mean going through the motions of religiosity or anything that is empty or shallow like that. I'm talking about a deep-rooted transformation of the acknowledgement of the truth of the gospel. That when that literally takes root in our heart and mind, we fall in love with that truth. And as we love the truth, the truth produces love towards others. And we take action. We can't separate truth and love. They coexist because Jesus embodied both truth and love. And so we say all the time that the text requires something of us and if action is required, then the question I want us to ask is, as we kind of wrap things up this morning is, how can I choose to walk in love this week? How can I choose to walk in love this week? That might sound kind of fluffy, you know, like walk in love. I don't even know what that means per se, unless you understand what it is that we just unpacked and you're considering love in the context of truth. Maybe for you, response looks like this, acknowledging the truth of the gospel and accepting God's love for you. So maybe the idea of walking in love this week is to say, okay, God, I'm going to walk in the love that you've extended towards me. I'm going to stop living my life for myself, but I'm going to accept the fact that you died a death that I deserved. And so if that's you this morning, it's as simple as praying a prayer asking him to be the Lord and leader of your life, admitting that you're a sinner and asking him to forgive you of your sins. If you want to pray that prayer, you can do it right now in the, the quietness of wherever you find yourself. And if you're joining us live, we would love for you to click the, the prayer request button and you'll go into a private chat with a host that can walk you through next steps even. If you're listening to this later, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to the next steps section of our website and hear about what else you can do to move forward or email us. We'd love to walk alongside you as you take that step of faith. For others of us this morning, if you've crossed that line of faith before, 
What does it look like to, to choose to walk in love this week? Maybe it means allowing the truth of God's love towards you to compel you to love those difficult to love. Maybe it means being open and transformed by the truth of the gospel, falling in love with the truth of what God has done for you and the person and work of who Jesus is and allowing that to begin to reset your heart and mind, your priorities. For others of of us, maybe action looks like spending time, spending quiet time, extended time, asking God to reveal what we're to do. God, what would you have me to do? How do you want me to be your hands and feet? What does it look like, Lord, for you to, to transform me to the point that I can extend love, grace, mercy, and peace to others? Maybe it means the, the way you speak. Maybe it means being slow to speak, truth teller, tempering your words with love because you're transformed, not because of your best efforts, but because you know God loved you in the midst of you annoying him. <laughs> Maybe it means loving someone enough to tell them the truth, even in the midst of difficulty, person bent towards love. Maybe it's time to speak up and say something loving, even though it's difficult. Maybe you're, you're balancing that well in your heart and mind. Maybe it means being a little more missional. You know, here at Centerway, we have a because and therefore. They're listed on our site under the us section if you want to read them all. But one is love first. Love first. It says this, because he first loved us, we value love first. Therefore, we say come as you are and welcome people to belong before they believe. Because we truly love people, we will speak the truth in love. That's our because and therefore. And it means being missional. It means accepting people as they are and yet loving them enough to not allow them to remain where they are, to speak gospel truth to others the same way that we're being transformed because we're all a mess. We're all works in progress. God's doing a work in and through all of us. And so maybe the Lord is challenging you to have a spiritual conversation with someone, to speak the truth in love. I don't pretend to know what it is or what your application looks like, but I want to challenge you to act, to be a person of action, to take the next step, to move forward in your spiritual journey. So let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful that you love us enough to not allow us to just stay stuck, to just remain where we are but that you continue to move us forward. And so this morning, God, we, we commit to forward motion, to act, to act on whatever it is that the Holy Spirit might be speaking to our hearts and minds right now. Father, I pray that you would search the recesses of our heart and that we would be people of action. Lord, that we would love the truth of the gospel to the point that we are compelled to love. And so we simply declare ourselves available that you would speak to us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I encourage you to be a person of action and you're going to hear a little more of how it is that we can respond uh, to this message right now. We'll see you next week. Hey, Centerway. So thankful to gather online with you today. As you choose to walk in love this week, 
Begin by spending time with God and first ask the Holy Spirit what He wants to do in your life regarding truth and love. And then ask Him to show you how to walk in love in your spheres of influence. Remember that as you respond to and apply the word, there are many ways for your whole life to be worshiped to God. One of the ways that we get to worship together as a church is through singing, which we're about to do if you're with us live. If you're watching or listening to the message later, you can find the songs that we're about to sing on Spotify, search Centerway Church, and look for our Truth Be Told playlist. For resources to help you continue responding throughout the week or to take any next steps, just visit our website. For those gathered on the online platform, we'll see you live on Facebook or Instagram in just a few minutes.